Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Cognicast. I'm Craig Andera, your host. Uh, a couple things before we start the show. Um, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the sponsors for this year's Closure Conj. We want to thank Elasticsearch, Beanstalk, Lighttable, Oasis Digital, Prismatic, U-Switch, Cobenian, and Atomic Object. Uh, there's still time to add your name to the list. You can go to closure-conj.org under the sponsor section and check out the sponsorship prospectus. Um, the other thing is, this episode features Ambrose, a Bonaire sergeant, um, talking about core.type. And between the time that we recorded this episode and publication, he uh, kicked off a, uh, a, a crowdfunding effort to fund core-typed. Um, he had set it up to run for 45 days or something, um, and he raised his target in the first like two days. Um, so that's fantastic for him. Uh, now, he has set up some stretch goals that will make core type even better. And you're going to be able to go to uh, www.indiegogo, that's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com slash projects slash typed hyphen closure. So he is definitely still looking for pledges. A lot of excitement about this project, and we are super excited to have him on the show. And, and also very proud to be a, uh, one of his sponsors. We're a screencast. Cognitech is a screencast uh, sponsor. So um, anyway, if you want to go pitch in, you can check that out, too. So I think that'll do it for the announcements here at the beginning. We will go on to the episode where we talk with Ambrose. Thanks for listening. Alright, uh, everybody, welcome. Today is uh, Friday, September 27th in 2013, and this is the Cognicast. And I'm still getting used to saying that, but it's pretty cool to be able to do so. So, uh, And today uh, on the show, um, we're super excited to have as our guest, and I'm going to attempt to say this correctly, even though I know you've, you've taught me before how to do it. Maybe I'll mess it up, but I'll try. Ambrose... Bonaire Sergeant. Is that right? Perfect. All right. Awesome. Good. So yeah, welcome to the show, Ambrose. Super excited to have you here. Thank you. Um, well, so we always start the show off by asking our guests to pick an intro song that has is playing under our talking right now. So what would you like us to play? So uh, I'd like to play a song from the Grizzly Bears album, Yellow House. It's the opener called Easily. Okay. I'm not familiar with that at all. Can you just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are hearing it right now, but I I can't hear it at the moment. So, what what kind of music is that? Um, th- this whole album is just um, it's pretty much pop that I've never heard like it before. Like, it's all through composed. There's there's no choruses and verses, so it's very off the cuff. It starts off with some uh, incredible chords with woodwinds, and then it goes into some sort of chill Beatlesque. Uh, rhythms and yeah it's just uh, it just goes places um, and yeah it's a perfect start to to an album that just wanders around 
Super interesting. And you're you're a bit of a musician yourself, yeah? Yeah, I, I'm a singer, uh, and I play clarinet and a bit of guitar. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. That, that that's all. I'm not really professionally taught or anything like that, but I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Well, um, that is very cool, and people know music is part a big part of the show, but um, of course. That's not the primary reason we have you here today. Um, you, Ambrose, are a prominent member of the Closure community, and you have recently uh, announced the uh, the 1.0, you know, sort of production quality availability of uh, your library, Core.typed. Yeah, um, I, I guess it, it was with with an asterisk. Um, I, I um, the the actual. Uh, release was 0.2 release. Oh, right. And basically, I figured um, f for very good reasons, people are going to assume that my library uh, type closure is a um, is a student project is because that's how it started out uh, for for a year, year and a half. It was basically something uh, very academic, something only I could use. And then um, a couple of months ago, I was like, OK, people are telling me that they're using in production, that they've found bugs with it. So um, basically I put it out there and said, um, hey, there are, there, are, um, there are some bugs in this code, um, but it's proven useful. And what have you got to lose? Because it's basically a linter. Um, so it's not gonna break any of your code. And one of the big uh, criteria for me to recommend it for production use was that um, it wouldn't slow down production systems. Um, it, it, it loads lazily, for example, so it, would, it, it, would, it should only load during development time. And uh, yeah, so, so I, was, I was satisfied enough. Um, and I got some good rep reports from uh, Circle CI who use uh, CoreTyped. They've got, um, <clears throat> uh, I think they said over 200 annotations and, and it's type checking stuff that um, is not easy to to type check with unit tests. Hmm. Um, and they haven't been very um, specific as to what that is, but I'm assuming it's got to do with uh, very higher order function, function e code, uh, passing functions around and yeah, that right. sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And sorry, I misspoke about the version number. I don't want <laughs> to <don't wanna laughs> put you out there as a, but, but no, that's super cool. And I, and I actually, uh, maybe I should stop you for a moment because of course I'm really excited about this. I think it's super neat, but um, it's possible that some of our listeners don't actually have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so I should have started with a question to you, which is uh, what, what is this, this core dot typed thing of which we speak? So, um, I, I guess I should say that when I say typed closure and core typed, it's basically the same thing. And uh, it's just a library that uh, adds optional uh, static type checking to closure. And it, it, it basically allows you to have all the advantages that you have with the with closure, your dynamic code loading and just uh, everything cool that comes with dynamic typing. But you can have that when you want it. And you can also now have static typing when and, and where you want it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And this is amazing because, you know, I, I think when people first come to uh, Clojure or, you know, other languages like it, um, they, you know, they say, oh, this is cool, but my background is in, you know, languages with a lot more support for static typing. And uh, it's, it's a shame that there's this inherent trade off. Um, and it, it seems like you have found a way to some extent 
to make that not be a trade-off anymore, but rather, you know, a set of kind of orthogonal tools that you can leverage uh, piecemeal and in a complementary way. Yeah, I, I hope I'm I'm giving closure programmers, I, I guess, ammunition, as it were, uh, to this constant. Uh, I guess this is the truth that it's a dynamically typed language, and uh, a lot of systems are built with with static typing. So it's very easy just to dismiss uh, closure. And I guess uh, all the good things that closure uh, has just because of this one feature. Uh, and it's quite exciting to to give this ammunition to say, hey, look, we've got a, a static type system that works with idiomatic closure code. You can have your cake and eat it, as it were. But mm. But there are trade-offs with the the type systems. It's like um, it's it's built for closure. Like we're not um, we're not making our own language. That's uh, that's what I imagine closure to be. Um, like I, I'm not going to make the uh, the type system like Haskell, say, or uh, well, I guess Haskell is a good example because because uh, Haskell, the language, and Haskell, the type system, are basically um, one entity and um, they're very much designed for each other but the type the the um, it should be obvious from the, uh, the chronology of of when t closure was developed and typed closure that um, I'm I'm building the type system for the closure language so there, there are trade-offs there yeah mm -hmm. uh, well so again for people that might not be as familiar I, I wonder if you could maybe describe well, let's see. Well, let's let's start with this. Let's let's start. Let's do a little bit of the workflow, and then I want to come back to some of the history. But so I've decided that you know what you're talking about sounds super interesting, and I I go and I uh, you know uh, decide I want to use it. What uh, there's a jar somewhere I had a reference to it, and then I want to get started. Like what what's the experience of using core type like? Right. So I guess there are two two ways you could start using it. Uh, the first way is a bit daunting. And that's basically uh, to port your uh, pre-existing untyped code to be typed. And the reason I say it's daunting is because uh, type closure is very annotation heavy. And it, it's, uh, it's basically a pretty big buy-in. Uh, to You have to reverse engineer your code, basically, uh, to, to, to document it. So that, that has advantages and disadvantages, but it's a fact. You have to invest quite a lot of time to add type annotations. Uh, so that's one way of using it. And the other way of using it, which is much nicer, is to just, I don't know, start a new project uh, or, or start a new namespace in your project that uses, um, uses the type system and, uh, and use the type system to design your code uh, just like you would in a statically typed language. And then you find if you start talking to untyped code, then you only have to annotate the bits, the, the interfaces between them. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's probably uh, the, the prettiest way of starting to use it. Mm. Yeah. So I can, I can, I, I, it's not an all or nothing proposition. I can do bits and pieces of my program. Right. Yeah. It, it's it, it's all or nothing per, I guess, per top level form, but really it should be all or nothing per namespace. Uh, it, it, that's a pretty good level of granularity for mm. separating typed and untyped code. But the way type closure works now is uh, basically at the top level form granularity. You gotcha. can you can mix typed and untyped code in the same namespace. Okay. Yeah. And and when you say annotations, these are basically just little 
statements, you know, additional uh, forms that I that I put in next to the things I'm talking about? Or what's the when you say annotate, what what's the the actual mechanism? Right. So um, I guess like like any statically typed language, you have syntax for types. Uh, in Java, you have like a, a Java lang integer, and you'd have to annotate it as a, a local variable. Um, but there are a couple of rules where uh, typed closure can can infer annotations for you, basically. And I guess the most important rule is that all your top-level defs or top-level vars need explicit annotations. So say you have, um, I don't know, uh, uh, some function on the top level that, that adds a number to a number. And you would add, for that function, you'd have a corresponding annotation that says, um, it's a function from number to number. And then uh, type closure uses that annotation to then check the body of the function. And inside the body of the function, we're a lot more relaxed. We can infer uh, let bindings um, and things like that. But things we can't infer are um, function, uh, anonymous function arguments. So once you get um, below uh, the top level, um, uh, the top level form type closure is much more flexible in the things that you can annotate. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then there's a step. I, I, so you, you say one of your goals was that this shouldn't have any, you know, runtime impact. So I, so I assume not having used it myself, I assume there's a step that we would perform at development time where we'd say, okay, go and check and see if I've done anything that contradicts these annotations that I've made. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, the way I've set it up right now is that the uh, the type system only loads when you explicit, explicitly um, uh, run the type checker, and there's a top level function called check ns, which you you provide a namespace, and it's basically type checking as a function, and you can do with it as you like. Um, you can put it in your unit tests. There's a uh, Linegen plugin called line typed that, that uses it um, and you can call it from the command line. I like to, to call it from the REPL because I always have my REPL open and um, it has a, if you pass it uh, zero arguments, it defaults to the current namespace. So I find myself uh, just doing normal REPL development then I'm calling check NS as part of my development iteration. So that's probably my favorite way of using it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this is, I mean, this is really super cool. Like, I just, I, so, th and this actually, like, my reaction is I wouldn't even think to do this, um, which kind of gets me to the, one of the pieces I want to talk about, which what was the, kind of the genesis of this? I mean, how did you come to create this? Right, so it all starts with typed racket, um, or at least this kind of flavor of type checking lispish languages. Um so there's this awesome guy called Tam Hoven, uh, sorry, Sam Tobin Hotchstadt, uh, <laughs> called him Tam, sorry. Uh, but he he um, did his PhD dissertation on uh, typed racket, and that was a couple of years ago now. And at the beginning of 2012, I was looking for a, a project to do for my undergraduate dissertation, and I ended up finding typed racket and I loved closure, so I just kind of put the two ideas together. And yeah, it was an awesome year. Uh, there's a dissertation um, there if you want to go read it. It's on the 
on the Quartet Wiki somewhere, I guess. We'll put a link in uh, the notes to it so people can yeah. find it. Uh, so yeah, th that was a hell of a lot of fun. And then uh, this year I decided to to convert what I what I did as a student to a bit more real world. Uh, so yeah, it 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 because typed racket itself was built to to be used and it's got quite a nice community around it so that that's the kind of thing i want for closure uh, that's what i'm building towards yeah so so you did this as i mean i think other other people in the audience are having the same reaction i did which is you know my undergraduate work was nowhere near as cool as what you've done so you you did that work and then i i think you were you did this as part of google summer of code too right yeah, I've, I've done two Google Summer of Codes. I did one in 2012 and one this year, which just finished a couple of days ago. Yeah. How, how was that? Like, I don't even know. I know that you have to have a sponsor and I'm not really familiar, that familiar with Google Summer of Code. What's the, what's the benefit to you and how did it work out for you? Um, it was absolutely awesome because it didn't interrupt any of my studies and it just so happened that um, well, the, the way it works is that uh, basically the closure or the closure dev organization uh, gets in contact with Google and then um, presents Google with a whole bunch of project proposals. And my project proposal was basically to continue my work with my dissertation. So it basically meant that I didn't have to get a part time job and I could just work flat out on on type closure. And yeah, that's the both of my Google Summer of Code projects were basically that. And David Nolan uh, very kindly was my supervisor for both, uh, my mentor, I guess. That's what they call him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a super program, and I'm definitely going to uh, be a mentor in, in future years because uh, it really lets students do really cool stuff that doesn't involve, I don't know, being at a servo. Yeah. Right. Service station. Yeah. No, that's 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 awesome. It sounds like a really good program, and uh, I think uh, you know, obviously, the closure community has benefited from it. So I'm, I'm, at, and I think it's awesome to hear you say, "I'm going to be a mentor," because it's always nice to hear when people have had such a good experience that they want to give back. So that's that's cool. Oh, yeah. mm. Well, so that that's interesting. That that kind of brings us up to present day, though, right? Because you you did the second Google Summer of Code just ended, you know, I guess that would have been... Ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's September of 2013. And um, and that was what allowed you to get it to the 0.2 recommend for production use stage, yeah, right? Basically, yeah. Um, so wither core types now? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, where, like, where, you, where do you plan to take it from here? I mean, is it done? Oh, right. Um, so there's a couple of, a couple of avenues that I want to, uh, to explore. Um, probably one of the coolest ones is I want to port the type system to, uh, to ClojureScript. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I want the type system be to be able to type check, uh, Clojure code, uh, uh, ClojureScript code, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, I, that basically means that I'm going to tweak the implementation to uh, to handle the the differences from closure to closure closure script, and uh, uh, I can do cool things like type check DOM interactions and uh, any JavaScript interactions you might have. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot of work. Uh, 
so I, I don't exactly know how to to do that efficiently yet because uh, I basically have to annotate all the DOM. Uh, I'm sure there's some way to automate that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff going on. But one of the uh, another thing is that I just want to just keep keep going in this direction that I'm I'm going in because uh, there are just more people using core typed in production and and I I'm very busy uh, fixing bugs telling people how to use type closure um, and it's very exciting uh, and I just want to keep being in this space basically yeah yeah no I think it's it's definitely exciting I mean you know I just got back from uh, strange loop I guess last week and uh you know, there's a lot of excitement there around lots of things. Um, Closure certainly got a ton of love, um, but you know, there's a lot of work being done right now in the space of type systems. It seems like it's an active area of research, and um, it's fantastic that as Closure programmers, we have access to something that lets us, um, you know, maybe either benefit from some of those ideas or possibly even explore some of them ourselves. So it's yeah. a good thing to have. Um, all right, so. Um, let's see. So I guess, so I, I, I think you have actually got some ideas about how you might be, we were talking about this before the show, you have some ideas of how you might be able to, to carry this work forward. Cause you said that Google summer of code just ended a couple days ago. Um, and I think you got a, a bit of a, an idea of how you might be able to, to, to keep on going with these cool ideas. I mean, certain there are people out there that would absolutely love to be able to leverage uh, the power of this uh, library in ClojureScript as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess by the time the listeners are listening to this podcast, I'd figure out uh, what you're talking about. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to going to try and do some crowdfunding uh, towards uh, towards these advancements in in core types, and uh, I want to be able to work. For maybe six or eight months full time, as I've been basically doing for uh, since about November 2011. Uh, it's just been flat out type closure stuff. Um, but yeah, the last six months has been so fruitful that I think it's a it's a fantastic time for me not to particularly find a a job, but to continue in this space um, so I can really. Uh, I don't know. Set this, set this area alight, and get everyone excited. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you can count me in for sure. I will definitely be there. You know, with my credit card in hand when you get that, get that up, and we'll have the uh, the link in the show notes. I don't. If you have, I don't. Doesn't sound like you're quite at this very moment to the point where you have a URL for people. But uh, we'll certain be certain to make sure that uh, that's easy for yeah. people to find. I, I was hoping to do it in the next couple of hours. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> well, it's like it's coming up on midnight where you are right now, I think. So uh, yeah, maybe, maybe tomorrow, right? Although I guess uh, yeah, you're maybe. still you're still in student yeah. mode. I'm I'm a I'm a bit past those days. So uh, midnight's <laughs> different for you than it is for me. But uh, maybe. Yeah. All right. So um, so I this is this I this is really exciting. I'm going to ask you a question um, that I asked Rich when we talked about Core Async, uh, which is how on earth can this be, I mean, I, I think I know the answer, but, but it's still one of those things that kind of strikes me when I first heard about the idea, which is, you know, how, how on earth can this be a library and not something that is part of the language? Because you didn't change the compiler at all. This is purely 
another jar, throw it on your class path, and boom, you have these capabilities, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've been in Clojure for so long, and, and I started out in Clojure. I did a little bit of Java, although I wouldn't know how to do it in Java. But it's, it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm so used to it. Mm-hmm. But I guess it comes down to, uh, well, I guess if you understand how, how type closure checks, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, does its checking, it, it's basically using the, the closure compiler to analyze closure code, and that gives you an abstract syntax tree, and then I pass over that, um, that syntax tree and do type checking on it. So I guess uh, what may, what enables it, uh, I, I can't I can't pinpoint exactly why, but I guess you could do that in in a lot of languages. But perhaps you'd have to change the compiler. It just so happens that that closure is flexible enough. You've got things that you can extend without disrupting previous code. Uh, like uh, let me think, like uh, metadata for example, it's with maps. Uh, and it's easy to add extra things to metadata without, for example, forking the compiler. Uh, uh, so you, yeah. so you actually implemented your own analyzer. Like you, there's, I mean, presumably there's one embedded somewhere in the closure compiler, but you, you have well, one that's I separate. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I basically just uh, wrapped the existing closure compiler analyzer uh, with a little bit of code that uh, that converts it to a map. And it's basically as simple as that, yeah. Hmm. Uh, now that sounds to me similar to some of the work that's going on in the ClojureScript space, because I know that they're, um, you know, playing around with ideas like uh, playing around. I don't mean to trivialize it. They're working with ideas like closure and closure, and you know, exposing the AST more. Is there some synergy there, or, or like does that overlap your work at all? Yeah. I- uh, I've, I'm always in contact with David Nolan, who's, I guess, essentially the main maintainer of ClojureScript. And we've already gone back and forth and added to the ClojureScript compiler um, or the analyzer to help type Clojure. Because I've, I've already got a preliminary version of typed ClojureScript working. Um, and there were things like uh, the way that the ClojureScript analyzer or the compiler does JavaScript inlining is just with, it just chucks a string of JavaScript, uh, JavaScript um, as the uh, the macro expansion, and there was no way for me to recover that the type information of what it was current, uh, what it originally was. So say uh, CLJS core plus that that would macro expand out to some string that that would uh, call JavaScript, and basically. Uh, David added a bit of extra data for me to to recover the type information, um, and you mentioned closure and closure. That that is also a, a Google Summer of Code project, which I'm very excited to. I, I'm I want to ditch the the analyzer I'm using currently and move to something like closure and closure because uh, it's just basically more like ClojureScript, and that's much more flexible and um, not written in Java. Uh, and there are just a lot of a lot of cool things there. Yeah, hmm. that's super cool. So, you you've been when I've seen you talk about this, you've been really good about um, about. It, so it's really easy as as the author of a of a library uh, of any or of a product of any kind to to 
kind of wax rhapsodic about what it will do. You know, it's a dessert topping and a floor wax. It'll it'll clean your car. Um, <laughs> but I think you've I think from what I've seen, you've been really good about about being uh, precise about the capabilities. And so I, I wonder, like, you know, is is this a type system that does everything? Obviously, your answer is no. So the question I'm really asking is, like, as I walk up to this, what are the limitations that I should be aware of when I want to use it in my code? Um, so I guess there's a point where things get really crazy. And if you think uh, maybe adding to a protocol at runtime, extending a multi-method at runtime, and you know anything at runtime, basically the type system isn't going to help you. So it's basically, um, it's going to type check things that exist at development and look like something you'd write in a statically typed language. Um, and the, the beauty of, of type closure is that it's, it, it can work well with closure and you can have, have all that dynamic stuff. Um, you just need to make sure that it's safe yourself because I don't know how much research would be needed to, uh, what do you call it, uh, to type check that kind of stuff. But it's probably quicker and easier if you just kind of switch the type checker off for that portion. Mm. Um, so it's not going to do everything for you. It's basically designed... Um, yeah, to be a type system for idiomatic closure, for closure that you'd normally write. Um, I guess the another interesting limitation is that it cannot type check macro definitions. It 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 fully expands all macros. Um, so things, uh, yeah. So it, it can only type check what it can see basically, um, and. I, I think of uh, macros that only conditionally say if if some condition is true during macro expansion, it it um, it emits nil or it might emit a def, say like a, a def once kind of thing. But that uh, something that that sometimes gives nil and sometimes give it gives a def. So that that kind of stuff, it, core typed isn't smart enough to uh, to check that. It's it's quite dumb in that regard. It just Clicks macro expand and then checks it. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds reasonable. I mean, I, you know, you do run into those situations, but it's funny. You know, I came to Closure and uh, I was very excited about the fact that it's a dynamic language, and I, you know, that comes in incredibly useful sometimes. But the mm -hmm. truth is, is that there's. I, I write lots of programs where nothing about the program is actually dynamic. Like I'm not deciding what namespaces to load or redefining protocols at runtime. So uh, I, I could see that being the sort of limitation that I would only occasionally encounter. Right. And and using a type system like type closure, it really highlights the places where you are maybe being a bit too smart or you, you, maybe <laughs> you need to be simpler. Because mm -hmm. in my opinion, the type system is a good gauge generally for how clever you're trying to be with your code. If your type system can't understand it, then maybe you should reconsider the, the code. Uh, <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously not always, but it's, it's, it's something interesting. It's like, why is the type system having trouble? It, it might be for technical reasons for the type system, or maybe you're just doing something that maybe shouldn't, uh, needs some extra help. Uh, I guess a good example is not not adding type hints to your uh, to your Java interop because um, 
I don't, to be honest, I don't know all the details, but um, if you don't add type hints at particular places, sometimes your, uh, I guess your, your code isn't always going to be very predictable uh, because it's being resolved at runtime or maybe you're using different JVMs. Right. And uh, it's, it, I, I think that sometimes it's not uh, explicit. If you're not explicit, then sometimes weird things can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, core typed makes you add those type hints um, and to be more explicit about your code. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I like so I like your description. I mean, this is the reinforces. I like your description of core typed as a as a linter. I mean, uh, you know that that's that seems to be true on on two levels from what you're saying. First of all, is it's actually going to tell you this part of your code may be uh, I don't know if it's syntactically wrong or at least at least semantically wrong at a low level, but you're saying that you could also use it as a sometimes as a bit of a, a bellwether for places where there's, as you said, excessive cleverness, which I think, you know, is a, a disease that we're all subject to from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. There's sometimes sometimes type closure isn't quite smart enough to to understand simple things. Uh, there are just certain styles of code which are really hard to to infer. Uh, so you might be wrangling with the type checker sometimes, and and other times you might be rearranging your code to just to make it clearer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. I'm actually I really I, I feel like what I need is a project that I can always come back to and add whatever neat thing someone has just told me about it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like some open source project that it's actually useful, like it's a real thing. And like, okay, now it's going to add, you know, types. Now it's going to add Corey sync. Now it's going to add this because uh, it's just, it's super interesting to me to hear about this. And actually that reminds me of one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which is, so let's say that I do decide I'm going to add this to whatever um, cause Adam or one of some library that I'm working on. What, and you have said that one of the things that you've been spending time on is, Helping people understand how to use uh, core typed, is there like a a set or maybe even one principle that that you find yourself telling people and you tell them that and then it's like they that that's what lets them go. Oh, okay, I see now the situations or the manner in which I should use this. Yeah, um, I guess it, there's a there's a question. Um, which even I struggle to answer is what kinds of, uh, I, I guess, what does type closure stop you from doing? And I guess the best, um, the best answer to that is that it stops you from being, uh, I, I, it makes you be explicit about things. Um, so one example is, uh, in type closure, one goal I had was to to avoid null pointer exceptions and to tell the programmer uh, via a type error that you're using null incorrectly, that this particular code could um, could throw a null pointer exception. So that, that that's opinionated. I don't particularly like null pointer exceptions. Um, and what you can do is... Um, have an assertion that um, that fails if something is null, and that's fine. Uh, but what I don't like is something if you try and invoke nil. Uh, mm. So it, it's a subtle difference, but the type system, I, I guess, 
it makes you be explicit about types. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a fuzzy area, and it's a bit late for me to to, to get into that. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah. that's cool. Well, I mean, I know you're going to continue your work, and people will be able to um to to follow your work as you continue to evolve your thinking. And uh, uh, we, you know, we don't have to get every single piece of information out of your brain on this podcast. But there is another thing I'd like to ask you, which is, you know, I heard you use the word, you need the phrase, you need to be explicit about types. And that makes me wonder a little bit, like, because, you know, when I came to Closure, one of the things that is great is that it is um, concise. Like I have a way of expressing things that, um, you know, doesn't take up a lot of space on the screen, which is, which is super great property. And um, it's an unfair comparison to compare that to something like Java, but we do it all the time anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fairly natural assumption to go, well, I was in this, this language with a, with a type system and my code was verbose and now I'm in a language that has no, uh, you know, static type system and it's not verbose. Therefore, uh, you know, it's the types that were making it verbose when in point of fact, it may have been the particular the type language. system. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so is there... <sighs> Is there a, a tightrope to walk there? I mean, does does typing, does adding type information to your code necessarily make it more verbose? I mean, I know we have things like type inference in, in languages with more powerful type systems like Haskell or Scala. Um, but do, do you see that being a, a trade-off? Like, in other words, am I making my code more something? Ugly. Whatever, yeah. I mean, whatever metric it, you want to use. It certainly gets uglier uh, if you use core typed. Uh, Untyped closure is is absolutely beautiful to to behold. Um, as soon as you start adding type annotations, it loses some of its its magic or its twinkle. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll admit that. Um, uh, but yeah, the the trade off is that if you want to type check something as expressive as idiomatic closure code, you just I I think you need annotations, and uh, you're never going to get something like Haskell. Uh, where you can emit basically all of your annotations and still get a programming language that's very useful. Um, Clojure, you can't really do that uh, for, for many reasons. Um, for example, we have uh, an ad hoc union type or and intersections in our type system, and they don't really work well uh, in a in a type in a place where you don't have to add annotations, you basically can't have unions and intersections um, without first declaring like a um, a data type. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I see what uh, you're getting at. I think it's so, what you're basically at. it's too expressive to to not closure is too expressive to to emit annotations. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you're saying the terseness that we value to some degree is coupled with the expressivity. And so you have to, in your opinion, you have to maybe um, lean one way or the other, and then it's up to you to figure out whether that trade-off is worthwhile. Yeah, and it it turns out that if you're being explicit with your types in certain positions like top-level annotations, you get other benefits like documentation and um, and the, the type checker can tell you if, if if you're telling lies as well. Uh, so there are, there are the trade-offs. You know, if you do a little bit of typing and um, I guess uh, ignore the ugliness, then you, you get some benefits as well. Mm, yeah, I like, the, I like your description there. Because like, 
the more flexibility you have, the more, as you say, you're able to tell lies, which yeah. <laughs> that's and that's, shoot yourself in the foot. That's right. Yeah. That's a bug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Well, it's it's not. I mean, this is it, this sounds like overall like a really. I mean, I understand now how you've been able to work on this for you know a year and a half and go. I think there's there's more to do because it sounds like there's really a fair amount of um, subtlety involved around the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Uh, luckily, a lot of the the research had already been done via type racket, but I've had to do. Um, I, I guess I, I've gone on to my own minor ventures, uh, uh, extending what type racket's done. Uh, one particular area I'm proud of is uh, heterogeneous maps, where I can I can type check uh, plain hash maps that have known keyword keys. I can track when you remove a key. I can track when you add a key. I can have optional keys. I can associate keys, merge keys, um, all without declaring, I guess, like a, a record, basically. Mm. Um, and that, that's something I'm very proud of. Uh, and, that, yeah, the, there are other things like uh, Java interop is, is something I haven't really seen done before in the same way. Uh, it, it basically does this, uh, the same thing that Scala does, but in a closure way. Uh, instead of having an option type, for example, we simply union with nil. Um, say if you had an option integer, it's literally the union of option and, and integer. And uh, sorry, the, the union of, uh, of integer and nil. Mm. Um, and that's what it looks like in the type system. Um, and if you want to cast from a, a, union of op, a union of nil and integer, you just use an if statement. And it, it just follows your logic, uh, uh, yeah. So it, it just it's it, it it understands your closure code. Gotcha. To some degree, yeah. Hmm. That's super cool. I, I didn't I actually. Uh, so you're saying, and, and I think you've you've done work to annotate um, at least some all. I don't know how much of closure the core libraries have you do you provide annotations for out of the box. Um, currently, about one third of closure core. Um, yeah, there's just that's one problem when you, you get started. You do have to uh, to add your own annotations. Um, that and that's something I really want to uh, get up to speed with. Uh, if this uh, campaign succeeds, is basically uh, annotate all of Closure Core. I want to annotate. Um, I want to make sure things like Core Async and uh, Core Match work well with uh, with Type Closure. Mm -hmm. um, which the, at least core match that's something that's interesting because uh, core match does some very sophisticated uh, code transformations um, which which basically make the branching um, hard to follow from a type system perspective um, I actually uh, I was one of the original developers with uh, David Nolan uh, uh, developing core match and yeah the, some of the code that gets outputted from a match statement is pretty pretty awesome but also pretty pretty scary if you want to type check it mm -hmm. um, and yeah so basically the solution there is to use a, a better analyzer like closure scripts and just to to pause macro expansion at the point where where you have a, a match and then um have some special case in the closure compiler. Oh, sorry, the uh, the core typed type checker have a special case for match, and then just uh, do type checking uh, in our own special way. So it's a bit smarter. 
So some some libraries are easy to um, to support, and some are, are less easy. Hmm. Uh, but the the nature of core typed, if I understand you correctly, is that um, it's I think the word is gradual. So in other words, I and you mentioned this before, you can type check part of your code, and that it's all at dev time. So even though that's yes. go ahead, yeah, yeah. So so the gradual type system. Um, that there are a couple of degrees of, uh, I guess, usefulness uh, or classification of a gradual type system. Uh, typed record is is the the most sophisticated. Uh, it 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 basically it has static type checking. It has the the ability to automatically add assertions in the correct position to be able to um, to preserve any invariants you you want uh, on onto runtime. And it also has a um, a, a, a feature called a blame uh, blame tracking, something like that. Uh, it's blame something, uh, blame calculus. <laughs> it implements a blame, blame calculus. calculus. Yes, the mm. coolest. I, th- name I think my wife. Ever. I think my wife yeah. knows that calculus. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think, I'll give you a hint. The answer is always me. Uh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. End of my lame but, humor. Go ahead, please. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, uh, core typed only has the static portion, and um, I, I'm really eager to add as much of the rest of it as I can. Um, and <clears throat> basically, there's with core type right now, there's a massive backdoor because you can just not check um, some code and put anything you want, and then suddenly your typed code is now um, pretty much unsound at runtime. Um, it doesn't carry any of the guarantees. Um, so what I want to do is, <clears throat> it's not quite as clear as to how to implement this as with Racket, because with Racket, you have this awesome metaprogramming uh, facility where you can literally create your own sub-language. There's a typed Racket language in Racket, basically. And um, <clears throat> it has a... it. it it totally controls macro expansion in such a way that it, it inserts contracts at the right position. So that's something that we don't have in Clojure. So what I want to be able to do is to to let the programmer add annotation, add the assertions manually at the particular places where they're needed, and that's that's um, typically at the boundary between typed and untyped code. And I want core types to be able to verify that you've added the correct um, runtime assertions to prevent type errors. And that's something I want to work on in the next six months. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Super, super cool. Um, so yeah, th- that's the, the static, the, the reason it's called uh, gradual typing is that you can, you can have typed code, you can have untyped code, and the typed code is always going to be uh, sound if you only if you never ever use untyped code, um, and the the gradual typing comes in when you um, when you you start using both, uh, and gradual typing says that you have a way of gradually adding annotations to your code, um, but also preserving uh, preserving the the soundness of your typed code by also adding. Uh, assertions that protect your typed code from any evil stuff that could happen to your untyped code. Mm. So it's very, it's it's kind of about gradually typing your code in a safe way. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
Ah, oh, it's super cool. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've got tons to keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, although it's great that it's great that it's already at a point where people can use it and get benefit from it. And it, it sounds like you've had uh, people doing exactly that. I think that one of the reasons you stated when you decided to recommend it for production use was that people are using it in production and they're finding bugs. So it's it's nice to have that kind of a path because sometimes you work on problems where it's like you've got to eat the whole elephant before you can have any benefit. But you you've it's not, it seems like you've gotten it to a point now where People can use it. Um, it's useful as is, and it has a path to becoming yet more useful um, as you put more work into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's great to think that, I don't know, even six months ago, it was useful just because there was a syntax for types. Uh, I'd, I remember recommending, hey, just steal the syntax for the types for your documentation mm. because they're very expressive. Um, and then say you did that six months ago, Today you could you could maybe run the type checker on that. Um, so it's that kind of progression that um, that as core type gets better, uh, you might get more uh, I don't know more expressivity with your your type annotations for free. Um, so th there's only one way to go. It's just going to get better, mm -hmm. and you can. Uh, uh, there's lots of ways to uh, to to leverage to leverage it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's a shame in in a way that this is a podcast because there's been a bunch of points during the conversation where I've been nodding and like, oh yeah, that's like makes total sense to me. Yeah, I've um, been hand waving a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we'll maybe we'll put an animated GIF up or something. Um, <laughs> well, watch my closure conch talk because I hand wave a lot there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was there for that and it was really good. And as I, one of the reasons uh, that I have had you on my list for quite a while to have as a guest, but. Uh, um, but I know it is getting uh, f at least late. If if I were you, I'd be considering it late where you are. So I, before we <laughs> yeah. go, I just want to make sure that if uh, is there anything else you'd like that we should talk about before we before we wrap it up? I mean, I'd love to have you back on. Um, you know, uh, whenever we get down the road farther, and I'm I'm confident that you'll that people will uh, come to your aid and and see the value of what you're doing and provide funding. So I'm looking forward to seeing what another six or eight months or a year, whatever you wind up putting into this, where that takes you. But, but before yeah. we, uh, before we come back, um, is there anything else you want to, uh, that we should talk about before we, before we wrap it up? I guess, uh, if you, if you're excited about type closure and, and want to know how it can help you, there's a, there's a mailing list, there's IRC, you can email me. Um, I, I love talking about it. So, uh, if you want to know what type closure can do for you, basically, um, I'd love to talk and, uh, and I, I'm always getting uh, ideas for how to extend it. Uh, just the nature of the beast is that there are so many ways to program with closure that, that there are so many different things I need to type check. Uh, so I guess let me know if, if type closure is, is sufficient for you because it's always fun extending it. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, no, we'll definitely put links to, um, I mean, you're quite easy to find, uh, but we'll put links in the show notes uh, at cognitech.com slash podcast. We've got a new podcast page. I'm kind of excited about that, but that'll be a good place. Yeah, congratulations on oh, that. Thank you very much. We're super, I mean, I've said this a million times already, but I, it remains true. I'm super excited about it. So, uh, um, well, dude, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this today. It was really, really um, interesting to hear about. And uh, like I said, I, I really like this there's so many interesting things but this is very high on my list of all right i need to know how to use this and your explanation has been helpful but i gotta i gotta just go point this at a piece of code because it there's really not much reason not to i mean i've i've seen the syntax it's not terribly difficult to just 
pick a namespace and go, okay, here's what it is. And there's no runtime penalty. It's just like, why shouldn't I do this? So I, I, I'm going to use yeah. this show as motivation to go and actually uh, make use of your creation. Yeah, well, if you do it in the next month, then also expect to uh, to submit a bug report with your your experimentations. Right, uh, but, but but it won't be a bug yeah. report coming out of falling out of production code. It'll be it'll be I ran no. this at dev time and I can switch it off. So that's that's the exactly. best kind of thing to run into. Yes. Well, cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, great. Well, uh, you know we are we are uh, coming down to the end here, and so there is one more question that I have to ask you, which is on the way out. What music would you like us to play? I want to listen to uh, Black Swan by Tom York. Okay. All right. Well, that's coming up in the background right now. And uh, I will thank you once again, Ambrose, for coming on. It's been super great to talk to you. I really enjoyed your your, your conj talks the last uh, couple of closure conjures. And I, I believe you are unfortunately not going to be able to attend this year's closure conj. Is that correct? No, not coming. All right. Well, I hope to run into you sometime again soon and hear... Uh, more about uh, what you've been working on. And if I don't run into a conference talking about it, then, of course, uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to talk about your work on the show. So uh, thanks again yeah, for cool. coming on. Thanks for having me, Craig. Uh, absolutely. Um, all right, then. Uh, we will we will say uh, goodbye to our listeners. And, of course, thank you. This has been the Cognicast. You have been listening to the Cognicast. The Cognicast is a production of Cognitech, Inc., you can find us on the web at Cognitech.com and on Twitter at Cognitech. Our guest today was Ambrose Bonaire Sargent, who is Ambrose BS on Twitter. The Cognicast is produced with help from Alex Miller, Alex Ward, Damian Mack, Jamie Kite, Justin Getlin, Kelly Ross, Luke Vanderhart, Lynn Grogan, Mark Phillips, Russ Olson, Sam Mumbach, and Stuart Sierra. Episode cover art is by Michael Parento. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Thanks for listening. Tried your best to please